Hi, and welcome to Missing Bits. We're back again, and today I'd love to introduce you to Liz. Liz is married with one son and five grandchildren, which I think is pretty greedy because I've only got two. And she lives in Port, Port Lincoln in South Australia. Uh, Liz has been an amputee since 2010 and is a peer support volunteer with them for life. Hi, Liz. Welcome to Missing Bits. How is Port Lincoln today? Oh, Portland is not too bad today, Gary. The weather has cooled down quite considerably and I'm hoping it stays that way for the next few weeks. So I don't like the hot weather. No, I'm with you there. I can't stand it. Give me winter any day. Yeah, it's much nicer to be cooler. You can get out and about and do things yep. at a much easier pace. It's uh, it's quite muggy in Melbourne today. We got up to about, I think, about 37 degrees. Um, oh God, no, thank you. And I think we're twenty. I think we're twenty-six today. Nice. That's that's yeah. perfect temperature. Yeah. We got up to around thirty-seven with really high humidity, and I just turned into. I I just turn into. I, I look like a, a scuba diver. I'm just covered in water. <laughs> Bit of a blimp. So, have you always lived around Port Lincoln? No, we uh, retired to Port Lincoln in year two thousand after having uh, over thirty years in Alice Springs. Oh, nice. Yeah, my husband was a builder and I had a couple of hairdressing salons up there. Yep. Um, but we decided to retire to the sea. There was about six couples that we were all friends in Alice and we all came down. Um, and just it's just the most beautiful place. It's just so gorgeous, laid back, nice and quiet, no heavy traffic. Sure. Easy living um, and good facilities. You know, we've got everything we need here. Um, if we want to get to the city in a hurry, well, we just catch a plane. Half an hour to Adelaide by plane, yep, or a seven-hour drive. Yeah, so I was looking at we, that. I was, I was looking at, um, I was looking at Google to work out where Port Lincoln yeah. was. And when, when you yeah, look at it on a map, it looks like you can almost see Adelaide, but it's a seven-hour drive. Yeah, because you've got to drive from Adelaide to Port Augusta, which is yeah. about three fifty, yeah, and then about right the same down. Then you come down and go to the bottom Gulf again. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we opt, well, any time I go across for medical or anything, I always fly. Sure. Yeah, it said, it so said it's a 50 minutes easier. on the plane, and I thought, that's better than a seven-hour drive. Yeah, it's much easier. Not not cheap. Yeah. I, I just can't understand sometimes how they justify the cost. If you don't get a special fare, it can cost you 400 each way. Wow. If you're lucky enough, you get about 180 or 191 way. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, and they did have at one stage they had um the ferry that would would go across from uh Lucky Bay, which is up near Cal. Mm -hmm. Um and that would go across and you could put your car on it and go across. So you'd only drive from here to Cal, which is probably an hour and a half. Right. Put the car on the ferry, a couple of hours across uh the Spencer Gulf and it berths at Wire at Wallaroo. And then you've only got another hour's drive to Adelaide or an hour and a half to Adelaide. Yep. Um, but it stopped and started, stopped and started. It, and now it's not going at all. So okay. a lot of people use that because it was just easier than being on the road for all that time. You didn't save anything in actual travel time. It probably still took you six, seven hours to get there, but you weren't behind the wheel of a car. Sure, yeah. 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 So that was, that was good. It is, yeah. So, but no, that's so... We came down here in year 2000. Nice. Um, unfortunately, Sweet. I was doing some part-time work at a hairdressing salon because I didn't want to retire. I was yeah. only only 50, only 50 and um, had an accident at work. Oh, dear. Fell on some stairs and 
smash my knee and had to have a knee replacement. Right. So you spent a lot and of time in Alice Springs and you don't like the heat? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, you get, I suppose because we wherever you live, you get used to what you have. So yeah. we were used to it in Alice, but I don't like it now. Could we sure. get used to now? I still don't like the cold winters. Right. Just, just like the cold winters immensely. <laughs> um, we used to go to Cairns quite often. My son had a unit in Cairns for a few years while he was working on the mines, and we'd go up there for three or four months of the year. Yeah, right. In winter, and that was just fabulous. But um, he doesn't have it anymore, and so we don't go that far. So we stick around here and put up with the cold, and I whinge. <laughs> but then I whinge when it's really hot. So I like 20, 27, 28. Yeah, that'll do me. Yeah, that's you, All year round would be lovely. Yeah. Um, I, I went to um, – I, I spent a couple of days in Alice Springs um, quite a while back. Um, I think it was yep. about 2003 maybe. Yep. And um, we were we – were, we went through there on the way to Ayers Rock and then we came back again and spent a couple of days in, in Alice and um, we went from the airport to the hotel to drop our bags off. Um, yep. And then we caught a taxi into the centre of town and just had a wander around town, and it was really good fun. Um, yep. And then, yep. we went, then we went back to the hotel, and it was full. The lobby was full with middle-aged women. You could not move. And I thought, what is going oh, on true. here? And, and it was the Shirley Convention. Every lady, oh, there, Shirley, yep. every lady yep. there's name was Shirley. It was so yep. much fun. Yeah, that must have been the Australian one they had. Yeah, it was. It was yep. crazy. <laughs> yeah, we have. They have a Shirley Day here in Lincoln every year. Really? And people, yeah, and people come down to the Lincoln Hotel, and they come from all the surrounding areas, and they probably get eighty or ninety women from the surrounding areas, and they all go down and have lunch. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. It was hilarious. Yeah, I'd never, ever heard of it until I came here. Yeah. Never, ever heard of Shirley Day. <laughs> That's great. So I'm glad my name's not Shirley. <laughs> so am I. That'd be confusing. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> so where, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Adelaide. Um, yeah. And uh, my father died when I was very young, so my mum brought my brother and myself up. And... Yeah. Um, mainly in the Prospect area, okay. which is north of Adelaide, and um, decided I wanted to be a hairdresser and left school at 14. A friend of my mum's had a salon and trained as a hairdresser at 14 and did that until I finished work in 2000. Goodness me. Um, and just loved it. So I've, I've actually not had children of my own. My yep. son, who is my son, uh, he was my husband's son, and uh, he was only five or six years old when we got together. Yep. Uh, and he's 47 now, so you know he's he's been my baby. But my husband always used to say I had salons like people had babies. So, <laughs> so, so I've, I've never never had children of my own, but you know I've got got him. And, and um, so I've got, digressing now. So I got up, uh, became a hairdresser, got married. Um, bought a house with my first husband, um, didn't work. So after that broke up, I decided I went to Alice Springs. Um, I had been up there. I had worked for a company called Redkin for 12 months and went up there and spent some time up there and um, decided I liked it. So I went up there and met someone who wasn't my husband and 
<laughs> got engaged but didn't marry him and then met my husband. So, And we've been together for, well, we've been married 30, what's 2009, 38 years this year. I'm um, three behind you. So you're three behind. So, and we I think I'd known him for like four years before I was never going to get married again. So we were together about three years or so before we got married. So, sure. so I can really say we've over forty years we've been together. So and it's been forty wonderful years. Yep, I can say pretty so, much the um, same thing. Sorry, I can say pretty much the same thing. Thirty-five years yep, we've been yep. together, and it's been wonderful. Yep, and you've got children. I've got two boys. Two boys, great. And you've said you've got grandchildren. Yep, I've got one one from each son. Oh, fabulous. Well, like I said in, in my grief, that my son is 47. He's got five children. Yep. Three from his first partner, and they range from 23 down to 19. Yep. And he now has a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Cool. And and they've actually just just left us the day before yesterday. They've been with us for four days. Nice. So I've ha I have grey hair, but I think it went a bit grey over the four days. <laughs> <laughs> four on little girls. We just we just spent um, ten days over in Perth with my grandson. Um, yep. For Christmas, and, and he's um, how old he, is he? He's uh, eight months old now. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, he's beautiful. Beautiful age. And uh, this weekend yeah. where um, my other son, who lives in Melbourne, um, they're going to a wedding, so we're babysitting. My other one, who's um, he's five months old, but um, he was 14 weeks. Oh, wow. He was oh, wow. So oh, they're just little bubbies. Yeah, so his adjusted age is only two months, so he's still he's still tiny. Yeah, yeah. Well, both are like Clint. Kent left here the other day with the girls, and he's got. He goes back. He still lives in Alice. Right. So we we don't see them as often as what we'd like to, uh, because of distance. But, but you know, we take what we can get. Yep, sure. So tell, so tell you me probably about, find yeah. that with. Sorry. Tell me about the work accident and what led to your amputation. Okay, I two thousand. Um, I fell on some stairs taking an elderly lady to the bathroom. I went in front of her to save her getting hurt and smashed my knee. Mm -hmm. And after having it examined in Adelaide, they decided it needed a full knee replacement, right. which I had done. And unfortunately, it didn't work. It came loose and they had to remove it and put another one in. Same problem. So they took the second one out and when taking it out, they found it had an infection in there. Mm -hmm. So they left it out for six weeks and then put the third one in. Jeez. And after this period of time, I decided that I perhaps should look at another, getting some other advice. Sure. Because the same thing started to happen with the third one. Goodness me. So for, uh, for probably five years, we put up with terrible pain, chronic pain with high uh, opiates, yeah. morphine, uh, everything and losing weight drastically was very, very thin. I think I dropped from 60 kilos down to about 41. Oh, that's way too little. Um, and so it was finally decided in um, 2010 when I was extremely ill. We'd been to Cairns and came back. I had ulcers all over my legs. And my surgeon said, well, what are you going to do? And I just looked at him and said, do I have a choice? And he more or less said no. Right. 
So we saw a vascular surgeon as well, and between him and my orthopaedic man, um, they decided I was going. They were going to amputate on the fifteenth of November, two thousand and ten, and I said I'll wait till after Christmas. And the vascular surgeon looked at my husband and said, "Well, you might as well just take her home because you won't have to bring her back." Oh God! Uh, I said, "Oh well, you know, I'll see you on the 15th. So on. 2010 on the 15th of November, I had it off, and I have to say I've never looked back. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had heaps of issues since, but just that pain, and uh, when they took me into theatre, I think I was 39 kilos. Good God. Um, and now I'm back up to 65. Oh, that's better. So, you know, I'm, I'm back to normal, whatever yeah. anyone wants to call normal. So <laughs> whatever normal is. You know, for the nine years since, it, it's been a it's been a tough journey. Um, I had really bad stump issues. Um, I've tried to wear a leg on several occasions and really tried to persevere, but it wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. um, because of my stump pain. I didn't have phantom pain. I had nerve pain, really right. bad. So I now have a nerve stimulator. Okay. Uh, in my leg, I have a pain management guy in Adelaide. I was the second one in Australia to have it done. Mm-hmm. They use them in spinal people yes. um, to stop p- spine pain, and he's now using it for anyone with nerve pain or phantom pain. Okay, cool. Uh, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's battery in my leg. I just charge it. It keeps the pain at bay. Um, but because of that, you can't wear a prosthetic leg because it crushes the wires. Yeah, sure. Um, so it was an option that I went for, um, but in in the interim period of time, I have developed neuropathy and dropped foot yeah, okay. on my right leg. On yep. my right leg, so that's in a full brace now. So my mobility has taken a bit of a hit, um, but look, life still goes on. You it know, does. I still I can still drive a car with hand controls. Um, I had to reset for my license. Um, with hand controls, but that wasn't an issue. I only drive in Lincoln. I wouldn't drive anywhere else with them. Um, But it still gives me my independence at home here, so I'm still able to do my Red Cross work, my Meals on Wheels, and um, anything that I need to do for Limbs for Life. Sure. Um, So I try and keep my life fairly busy and, and keep a positive outlook. I think that's the most important thing for anyone with any sort of amputation is to be in a good headspace. Yeah. If you're not, it can really debilitate you. You know, you don't want to leave the house. And and I I fear for people that do have that problem. A couple of ladies that over the years that I have counselled were in that sort of space when I first spoke to them and I've kept in touch with one lady. She's probably four years down the track. She's doing wonderfully well now. But in those first few years she was she struggled sure some um, people do. but she said sorry some people do yeah yeah but if you've got someone and I think this is where limbs for life comes in if you've got someone that has been through what you've been through it's easier to to understand someone what they're going through rather than the average person in the street that really doesn't You've got to walk in the sh- walk in someone else's shoes to know what they're doing. Absolutely true. Yeah. I think that's so, um, one of the most important things we do with Limbs for Life is our peer support. I think it's ab- yeah. absolutely essential for new amputees, and there's more joining the community every day. So exactly, you know, we're all out there pretty busy. Well, 
we've got another guy here and myself at the moment. We are trying to set up a peer support group yep. here in Lincoln on a, on a social basis where we'll meet probably once every month or two months, whatever people want to do, go somewhere for coffee, um, just have a general chat. Yep. And if someone's having an issue, we can all bounce it off each other and, and help each other out. Because I think there's probably, or we think at this stage, there's probably more than 15 amputees in Lincoln. So we've got uh, Kylie, who's from Adelaide. Um, she's I know Kylie. Going to, yeah, well, she's going to be coming over here okay. sometime this year. We've put all the posters around to all the doctors. I've done all that for her, and she hopes to get over here. And just enlighten the medical side of it, people that, what Limbs for Life does, and then we'll get a group of, um, the amputees together, and by then we should be able to kick our little group off at the same time. That's great. Which would be great. Yeah, yeah. it'll be really super, just yeah. so that I, people can talk to each other. It's important. I, th I think those types of things are really important, especially in a country this size, because we've got so many people in rural areas a long yeah. way from major population areas. And um, yeah. if, if, if they can get together and just chat and, and discuss things, um, that, that they each go through, um, yeah. it's it's a hell of a lot better than being on your own. Oh, for sure. I, I just think it's so important to have that communication. Um, and also for the carers. We we said we'd make it open that even the carers could come along. Yep. For them to hear what other people go through. Sure. It's not just for the amputees to talk, you know, family and friends and so that they can understand what people do go through as amputees. Yep. Um, which is great. We actually also, what we did in Lincoln last Friday, we had the launch of the uh, wheelchair, Matt and wheelchair, yep. uh, for the beach because we've had nothing here. So anyone in a wheelchair or disabled or any sort of uh, disability that couldn't go into the beach. Um, so we launched that here last Friday and I was the first guinea pig to go out in the, in the water and I hadn't been into the ocean since I'd had my, or probably even before, for my amputation, so how was it? Again, it was oh, it was awesome. Yeah, just sat in this big chair and got wheeled out, and it just bobs around in the water. Just felt absolutely. I could do exactly what anyone else can do now. If it's a really hot day, my hubby and I can go down the beach, and I can do what everyone else does. And that's another way to um, get that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he might he might struggle a bit, you know, getting across the, those tidal things across there. I, no, I think he'd. I'd, I think I'd probably drown before I got there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an out outboard motor on the back. Well, that yeah, I'll, I'll tell him that actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably another way. I'll tell him that when he when I get off the phone. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So you know, it, it, life's reasonably good, you know. And it, I say to people, I'm really no different than anyone else, except um, my legs are different. They're a set of wheels, yeah. and that's all that's different. So people. You know, we are disabled, but we're not. We're not different. Yes. We have a disability, but we're still normal people. And people sometimes think because you have a disability that you're brainless. Yeah, I know. But you're not. You know, you're as intelligent as anyone else. And just because you haven't got legs or arms or feet or whatever doesn't make us any, any different to anyone else. And I'm a really, I really stress that quite emphatically when I'm talking to people that, you know, we, we still have a brain, we still think, and we still do everything else that everyone else does. We just do it differently. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. That, that's um, the, one of the reasons I wanted to um, start this podcast was to talk to amputees about themselves because we're people first. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have had um, we have had bits removed. We've had amputations yeah. or we were born with stuff missing. Um, but we are still people. We have our story. Yeah. And the only difference between us and the bloke next door is that we're missing bits. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. It's a brilliant title, <laughs> you know, because we are. We, we're missing bits, but that's all that's different about it. Yes, so, absolutely. And, I mean, I live more of my life with two legs than I have without. So yeah. it's it, it takes time, you know, to, to adjust to that too. It does. I, I really, admi- I really admire. I've, I've said this a few times on the podcast. <clears throat> excuse me. I've said this a few times on the podcast that um, I really admire older people going through this because I was a kid, um, and I yeah. cannot imagine going through it now. Um, yeah. Being a yeah. kid was, I wouldn't say it was easy, but um, you adapt really quickly when you when you're yeah. when you're young, and I really yeah. admire older people who go through this because. It is such a life-changing event. Oh, yeah. I've got one lady here in Lincoln. She's 77, and uh, I was rung to see if I would go and talk to her. She was a, she'd been flying back from Adelaide to Port Lincoln, and they said she'd had an amputation above the knee. So I went to – and I got to the door, and I no one had told me that it was a second amputation. And there was this woman sitting up in bed. She's got no legs. Very, very high up amputations. Right. So no prosthetics legs aren't even on the on the borderline or on the line. Yeah. Um, the biggest smile on her face and said, it's life. It is life. And I don't know whether I could at that age. I, you know, it's she was just incredible to have lose both legs and she'd only – Lost the, first, lost the first one four years ago with diabetes and lost the second one. Um, but she was in hospital. She said, I can transfer from my chair to the wheelchair already with a board. Um, but she said, it won't stop me. Sure. Yeah, and, you know, you take your hat off to people like that. That's a very courageous woman. I There's not many of them around. And like you say, to, to have all those years of her life with two legs and then just front up and say, well, I'm still alive. Yep. It's pretty courageous. Yep. And, and I've, said, so, I've, said, I've said this before too. You, you, um, my, my wife's a big fan of the medical shows on TV. And um, yep. of, often you'll see um, someone in emergency um, with and after being in an accident and people will walk around and the doctor will look at the camera and say, the worst thing that could happen is amputation. Well, it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Dying is the worst thing. No. Yeah. There, there are after limbs. losing a limb. Yeah, I totally agree. Because like, yeah, dead's worse, exactly. Yeah. And I think the thing that is harder for an amputee is to have an accident and lose it and wake up and know you've lost a limb because you're not prepared for it. Yep, you know, that's true. how it's happened. If someone like myself, I had time to talk to myself and get in my head that it was going to, because I knew it was it would eventually happen. It, I think it was easier for me. I was prepared more for it. Yeah. So my handling of it was probably a lot easier. But if you have an accident and you automatically are taken into theatre and it's done and you don't have any say about it and you wake up with no limb, I think that that takes a lot longer 
um, if you don't have any help. I think that's people that go through that really need to have the help yeah. um, to accept that because that's a big thing. And, and it happens with a lot of younger, you know, younger kids are coming off motorbikes, yeah. car accidents. Motorbikes are great. Um, yeah, motorbike ones are the biggest. Um, I, oh, yeah, it just breaks my heart when you see it and, and you hear it happen because you think, oh, God, you know, it's so so sensitive it shouldn't happen. No, no, one of the one of the funny things about motorbikes is I've I've met quite a few amputees who have um, damaged themselves on motorbikes, and yeah. um, after after the they're ready to, to go again, all they want to do is get back on a motorbike. <laughs> yeah. Well, BJ here in Port Lincoln, um, he's above knee amputation, lost it 30-odd years ago with a motorbike accident, uh, still rides a motorbike. Yeah. He's just, yeah. He always usually rides one with a sidecar. He's now just restored a, I forget which brand it is, but he's just restored this huge big bike, and he said, right, it's up and running. He said... Um, you want to come and get on the back of it? And I said, no, thank you. He said, oh, well, I'll take you out in the sidecar one. I said, no, thank you. I said, I think I'll give it a miss. There's something about so, motorbikes that gets into their heads and they just never get I it think out their it whole is. lives. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if that's what makes them happy and, and helps them get back on their feet and back into life, then so be it. Oh, it's great. I, 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 love, yeah. it. I love it. I can see the attraction. Um, I've, I've not been... I've only been on a motorbike once in my life, but I've I've been on um, push bikes a lot, and getting yourself up to speed is quite addictive. So I can yeah, I can sort yeah. of understand it. Do you do you wear a prosthetic foot all the time? Yep. Yep. And you ride a bike or anything? Or oh yeah, I can I can do anything I want. Um, yeah. It, yep. it, there's nothing that I haven't tried. Oh, that's great. That's so when, right. when you were going through your amputation, did you know about Limbs for Life then or was it later? Uh, I was approached while I was in uh, Hampstead Rehabilitation Centre. I had a social worker there and he gave me a, a brochure and said, you know, do you need you think you need to talk to someone from Limbs for Life? And I, I said at that stage, no, I don't need. I was fine. Um, but I read all the paperwork and then he said to me, well, you know, because you've handled it so well, um, would you consider talking to someone about becoming a counsellor. And I said, yeah. Yep. So that's sort of how it happened. So someone came and saw me at, uh, I can't even remember who it was. Um, and then I, after I came home from hospital, I was home here probably for six months and then they had a weekend in Adelaide. So I organised it with the time that I had to have a checkup and went to a, a weekend seminar with them. Cool. And did all the bits and pieces then. So um, so that was, yeah, I, I think I've got my seven-year certificate they sent me. Oh, very cool. Seven or eight-year certificate. So so it's it's great, you know, and it's just nice to be able to talk to people. Yes. And and hope they hope they do it easy, you know, not yeah. the tough way. But for most of But it needs the medical system and and the doctors and the physios and all those sort of people and the and the GPs they need to know we need to get to them that they know that limbs for life is as good as what it is yeah i agree um and so that so if someone is preparing for an amputation that they can talk to someone from limbs before that actually happens and then we can work with them the whole way through yep um cuz i don't think i don't think enough people know about it i really don't it's getting there yeah, 
I know it's getting there, but, you know, we need to get it. And, and I think in country areas too, and this is what um, Kylie was saying, now that they've got the funding that they can get out into the country areas and and the cities are, are a little bit better, but country areas, need to get, we need to get that service and, and the knowledge out here that it's available. Yep. I, I agree totally, and and it's and it's because, tough sometimes because it's such a big country. Yeah, and the, anyone in the in the country, most country towns will not do an they don't do the amputation. No, you no. see your GP here, you're sent to the specialist in Adelaide, and all the amputations are done in a major city. That's right. So you're away from home, you're away from your your family group. Um, I was probably fairly lucky because I was work cover. Um, they flew my husband over as many times as he wanted to come. Uh, for weekends in Adelaide, and I would come out of the rehabilitation centre just for the weekend with him at a motel, sure. um, just so that I had that family um, support there for me, because otherwise there's no one. Yeah. If you're away from your home, and it, you've got no one in, in a big city. Um, so now if, if people know that Limbs for Life are there, then they can have a friend wherever they are. Yep. For, for most of my life, um, being an amputee since I was five, um, limbs for life has only arrived very much late in my life. Um, yeah. So before that, there was nothing. So I rejoice. Well, when, I rejoice every day that limbs for life is the organisation it is. Yeah. But Melissa, uh, would it be ten, ten or eleven years when Melissa started it in Victoria? Uh, I think we're up to about twelve. I've got my ten-year certificate. So. Yeah. Yeah, I would use. Yeah, wasn't that many years before I had my leg amputated that she'd started. Yep. And I met her and she came across to Adelaide when I did my course. Yeah. And, oh, she's got she's got some get up and go, that girl. Oh, you're not wrong. Yeah. And my wife yeah, and I she's... call her the Energizer Bunny. Oh, I don't know where she... Yeah. I don't think she's got a stop button. No, she doesn't have a stop button. And she doesn't or have a leap slide. either. <laughs> It's just she's revved up. I get emails from Mel, Mel sometimes at 2 a.m. and I, I wake up in the morning to see them and I think, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But that's how she that's how she copes with her life. And yep. she obviously gets pleasure out of doing it, otherwise she wouldn't do it. Oh, she's great. She's great fun. She, yep. I, I'm she, very lucky to be able to call her a good friend. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. So I'm what's, just trying to... What's next for Liz? What's next for Liz? Well, um, I'm off to Adelaide on Tuesday into hospital for a few days. Yep. Um, just got to have a, a neurologist sort of check out all my bits again and see how the nerves and muscles are going. Sure. Uh, then we come back home and we've got a holiday planned in April. We're off to Mildura for about 10 days. Oh, nice. My dear husband is a mad keen golfer. And we go there every year for him for golf. But because right. it's my 70th, uh, we're going to go a few days earlier yep. and just have some have some couple time doing nice dinners and restaurants. And nice. So looking forward to that. And Mildura is such a beautiful place and gorgeous weather in April and May. So so that's the next thing after after we get over this little episode. So other than that, everything in the land of Port Lincoln is absolutely wonderful. <laughs> That's great. And what, it's what good I to wake up every morning. What I, what I usually ask people at the end, um, just before we close off, 
Um, there's some some words of wisdom where um, we're amputees and we can talk to people who are about to become amputees or people that are having a hard time. Is there anything that you suggest to people that can get them over a hard time? First one, limbs for life. But second, second one, and I think the most important one is there is life without limbs. True enough. And that's the most important thing, that, that life still goes on even if you don't have limbs. It does indeed. That's Yeah, that's probably, that's the biggest thing. If you can accept that you still can do most things in life um, and you're still alive and your family is still around you, that is the most important thing to remember that limbs don't define the person. Absolutely. The person defines themselves. Yep, we're just missing bits. Yep, we are just missing bits. Well, thanks again, everyone, for being with us and learning all about Liz. Don't forget to rate, review and download your podcast wherever you listen. Also, join us in the conversation on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook. Just log in and search for Missing Bits. Thank you so much, Liz, for sharing your story. It's been a great pleasure to get to chat with you. Um, hopefully, we can catch up for a coffee one day somewhere, maybe in Port Lincoln when I'm flying over to Perth to see my grandson. Um, Sounds good. If you want to share your story, then reach out just like Liz did. She sent me a message. And here we are, sharing a story. We all have a story about missing bits. Hope you have a great night, Liz, and thanks so much for being open and honest and having a chat. Thank you, Gary. It was a pleasure. Mine too.